He will always be there for you. Even if it seems that He has forsaken you. Sometimes we sing, Jesus, I want to be like you. And we think about Jesus who is king, the God of the universe, who owns everything on this planet, and we want to partake in his victories. Of course, who doesn't, right? The disciples, they want to be like that. We read in Mark 10, verse 35 to 39, that they asked Jesus to be in his right side and left side. They want to participate in Jesus' victories. Instead, Jesus have given them another offer, a counter-offer. He offered them the baptism of suffering. It is the last stage of an ongoing baptism. Do we really mean it when we sing to Jesus that we want to be like him? Are we singing that to Jesus with our lips and our hearts are far away? Paul said in 2 Timothy 2 verse 12, If we want to reign with Christ, we have to suffer with Christ. Let me put it this way. If you want to wear a crown, you have to carry a cross. And believe me, it's not that easy. It's so heavy. What a privilege. Yes, you heard me. It's a privilege to suffer with Christ. In 1 Philippians 29, it says like this, For you have not been given the privilege in trusting in Christ, but also the privilege in suffering for Him. What a joy. To suffer for Christ and to see God in action. Listen to Paul. He was so determined. He said, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Oh, Paul was so determined. Are you? I want to draw our attention tonight to a precious piece of the scripture that will compel all of us to follow Christ, no matter. It is a sign of loving commitment. It is the account of His crucifixion. If you have a Bible, 
Please open it to Matthew 27, verses 32 to 46. And I know you're tired, so I'll not make you stand. Along the way, they came across a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene. And the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. And they went out to a place called Golgotha, which means a place of the skull. The soldiers gave Jesus wine mixed with bitter gall. But then when he had tasted it, he refused to drink it. After they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing a dice. Then they sat around and kept guard as he hung there. A sign was fastened above Jesus' head, announcing to the charge against him. It read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right side and one on, the, on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their hands in mockery. Look! Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, if you are the son of God, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priest, the teachers of the religious law, and the elders also mocked him. He saved others, they scoffed. But he cannot save himself, so he is the king of Israel, isn't he? He trusted God. Let God restore him, now if he wants him. He said, I am the son of God. Even the revolutionaries who were crucified with him ridiculed him in the same way. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. About three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lima sabachthani. My God, my God, why thou have abandoned me? We read in our text that Jesus was convicted as a criminal by the Jews. And he was expected to carry a horizontal beam to the place of his crucifixion. Where the other beam is awaiting there for him. But Jesus was so weak from the flogging. His back was shredded to pieces. It was the way of suffering. Jesus suffered for you, saints. We are to suffer for him. Friends, 
Have you been flogged before? Do you know what it's like to be flogged? Do you know what it's like to be powerless in front of people who are mocking you? When I was arrested and imprisoned by the religious police in Saudi Arabia, I was shackled just because I belonged to Jesus. My hands and feet were shackled together. They kept beating me mercilessly day after day. They were screaming at me, where is your Yeshua? Where is your God? I knew where is my God. My God suffered for me. And he told me that the whole world would reject you. He told me that you will suffer for me. But if we are to suffer for Christ, we are going to be blessed. We are blessed through the suffering of Christ himself. And that is the eternal salvation for you and me. Let's consider the fullness of Jesus' suffering. It's in the verses 32 to 34. The soldiers conscripted a man by the name of Simon, who came from Cyrene in Libya, who happens to be coming to that town to help carry Jesus' cross. Eventually, they arrive at a place called Golgotha, which means a skull place. If you ever went to Israel, like Pastor Matt, you will see that place. It looks like a skull. Even the place where Jesus was crucified carried the smell of death. But let us consider something else, which is really important. It's in verse 34. So Jesus was offered a wine mixed with gall, which probably is the narcotic of that time. They want Jesus to forget about what's going on here. They want Jesus to be relieved from his pain, his misery. Jesus took it, tasted it, he refused to take it. The reason why is he didn't want to lose consciousness. He, want, he wanted to be at that time to look from the cross to those whom he loved until the last breath. He didn't want to lose consciousness. He didn't want to lose sight Because he loved you. He wanted to be there for you until the last breath. He really means it when he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Dear saints, we have heard that salvation is free. 
It is the gift of God. I agree. But it was not free for Jesus. He paid the full price for your sins and mine. He willingly took upon himself the full wrath of God. Jesus is God in human flesh. Yet he gave up his right as God in Philippians 2. He chose not to use the fulfillment of his attribute as God in exchange for your freedom. Let us consider a surprise for Jesus' suffering. In the verses 35 to 45, we can see five surprises. The first surprise is of the king's cross. Christ is not only the kings of the Jews, he is also the king of all creation. While he's being condemned on the cross, he was still ruling the universe. When he was there, he could turn the whole universe into a black hole and sweep everything on it to be vanished. It's God. They were mocking him. But instead, he chose to give up all that right so you may live. Usually, when a king goes to a town, they give him a throne. But the surprise is, when Jesus came to that town, they gave him a cross. The Roman soldiers nailed their creator to the cross. The ultimate king is crucified. I want you to consider the horrific pain that Jesus went through. I'm a medical doctor. And I want to help you to understand how much pain Jesus went through to set you free. When he was nailed to the cross, the nail went through his skin. That's the first sensory nerve. Directly to the outer shell of the bone. That's the second sensory nerves. Not only one pain, but two shocks of pain in the same time. Oh, the pain. It is a constant pain. It is unrelenting pain. Have you touched any electricity before, guys? 
It is that kind of pain. That's if you lived after that. Crucifixion was the most horrific and painful form of torture and death human ever invented. Usually, when they crucify someone, and I have watched that in Saudi Arabia every Friday, they either behead someone or they crucify someone. You would not watch this in the States. Usually, the person would stand there for three days. But Jesus was only there for six hours. The reason why is he lost so much blood from the eating and flogging. We have over one gallon of blood in our bodies. The Journal of um, American Medical Association, JAMA, they put an article about the death of Jesus Christ. They wanted us to understand what happened there. So in order for Jesus to breathe on the cross, he had to push against the nail that is in his ankle. And with each movement, the nail would, I mean, his body would move up and down, meaning more pain. It was like thousands of electricity that Jesus has to go through before he can catch a breath. He was like this for six hours until the last breath. Christ took the nails that I deserve. When I was running for my life in Saudi Arabia, radical Muslims, they were shooting at me. One of the bullets whizzed through the car and went by me. That's what I thought at that time. But when I found safety and I went outside the car, I looked at my car, which was filled with bullets holes. I went and looked at my seat. And there in my seat was a bullet hole that in, in the place of my heart. God, as he promised, he protected me. That bullet could be in my heart. Thankfully that I did not go through the same pain that Jesus went on the cross when the bullet first threw my bones and my skin. But even if I died, I'm thankfully protected forever. I'm protected for, from eternity in hell. What a disgrace that my Savior had to go through this for me. It should have been me hanging there on the cross. What a disgrace so I could have his grace. The second surprise is the king's game. The game, the game that the soldiers played, um, named as the king of the world. Surprise, 
the king himself, was there on the cross while they were gambling on his clothes. They didn't know that they have nailed their own creator to the cross. We all have played games with God's grace. Thankfully, he doesn't play games with us. He was so serious. He went to the cross without going around. When we follow Jesus, we might come to a point of death. Or close to death. But we are blessed if we went to that moment. Because we know that this is planned by God, by our loving Father. We know at that moment that our race finished. It is the graduation day. I came close to death in 2015. I used to drive to the church, which is not 20 minutes away. It was 13 hours each way. My whole weekend, I spent it on driving. And it's not like nice views like here in the U.S., all green. It was all sand all the way. The authorities have warned me. They have arrested me. They wanted me to stop preaching the gospel. Paul said, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. I wanted to worship my Savior. They knew that if they would arrest me, then my friends are listening now across the world, they would say something. Protest. Ask their governments to intervene. So they planned to kill me by placing a tanker on my way. While I was driving to the church, going to worship Jesus, I hit the tanker. My car went away from the highway to inside the desert. And my face was bleeding. I was upside down in my car. I was not conscious at all. I kept losing blood until my heart stopped beating. They took me to the hospital, and by the grace of God and the power of his resurrection, I am here today. Friends, the world will play games with you because you belong to Jesus. They just did it with the Son of God 2,000 years ago. But remember that Jesus has overcome the world. The third surprise was the sign that they hang over Jesus. 
It was written there, the king of the Jews. Well, guilty as charged. He was not only the king of the Jews, but the king of the whole world. Oh, how guilty were those soldiers for crucifying their king. They dressed him with a purple clothes. They nailed to him in a mockery as a king. Regardless, he was the king. That didn't change the situation. But they were not the only ones who were guilty for crucifying Jesus. Uh, in fact, you and me are guilty too. We have trembled on his blood by our sins. In fact, as Luther said, his nails are in our pockets. The fourth surprise is the king's court. The king usually have respected wise men beside him. But here we see Jesus with two ribbles beside him, one on his right, one on his left. And they were not a good advisors at the beginning. They were mocking Jesus too. But as we know from the scripture, one of the advisors in a moment said, Lord, remember me when you enter your kingdom. Jesus called him, today you will be with me in paradise. That is a good advisor. He believed and he went to heaven. The other advisor is in one way not that good advisor. Because he mocked Jesus and he died hopelessly. But in another way, he's actually a good advisor for us. He advised us not to mock Jesus and accept him so we can have eternity. The last surprise is the king's creation. As we read here in Matthew 27, 45, at noon darkness fell across the world, uh, the whole land, while th uh, until three o'clock. So darkness fell because the whole creation saw that their creator is crucified in pain. The sun and stars refused to shine. Wouldn't you praise him tonight? Wouldn't you worship him? If you don't, the rocks will cry out. The last point, consider the union that we have with Jesus. 
and his suffering. The death of Jesus is unique. When he was on the cross, he said, Ile, Ile, Lima Sabachthani. Why have you abandoned me? The father had to forsaken his son to save you. Look at it this way. There is a union between God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. To save you, this unity had to be torn. To pay for your eternity of sin. In that place, he gave eternity of grace. I wouldn't take long. So I'll get to the bottom line of the bottom line here. In this earth, it seems like constant Friday. So friends, should Jesus give up when his Friday comes? Already came. We saw it on the cross. Should he give up? I can't hear you. Okay. Praise God. Should I give up when my Friday comes? Should you give up when your Friday comes? Well, you say no. The Bible says, Never. If you have a Bible open to 2 Corinthians 4. Again, it's in NLT. Therefore, since God in His mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We do not try to trick anyone or distort the Word of God. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. They are unable to see the glorious light, the good news. They do not understand the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. Are we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake? For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen on the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure, this makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by trouble, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but never driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. 
Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So, we live in the face of death. But this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith that Solomon had when he said, I believe in God. So I spoke. But we, know though God, but we know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us with Jesus and present us to himself all together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our current troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things that we can see now will soon be gone. But the things that we cannot see will last forever. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this Good Friday. We thank you and praise you for our suffering Savior. Lord, show us how not to praise you with our lips, but with our hearts. Lord, we ask you to show us the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Send your spirit to let us join and share in his suffering. Lord, transform our hearts tonight. Give us the privilege to suffer for you. Help us to obey your commitments and to fix our eyes on you. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen.